1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Can we start with a few of the headlines, which I'm sure our listeners have heard, that the boom is over? What do you say to them? <laughs> so, actually, you know what? It, it's... It's on the contrary, because if you look at what's been happening over the last two months, we went through a period of about one year where the market was pretty soft. It was quiet. And obviously, we're comparing it to a red hot 2017. But if you just look at from April until now, when when the changes were announced until now, the market actually has rebounded quite a bit. every, Every month from January the average price has been climbing. And it's been negligible. It's been 1% or 1.7% or 2%, but it's still climbing. And what that's doing is people that have been waiting, you know, reading these headlines about the booms over and the bubble's going to burst, they've been waiting for prices to drop, but prices haven't been dropping. They've been increasing. So they're losing buying power the longer they wait. And if you look at June, June was anticipated to be a bounce back month and and we were up 2% and in July we were up 18.6%. So uh, you know is is does that qualify as the boom being over? No, it's uh the market has rebounded and we're on our way back up. Okay, so here we are in in mid August. What do you want to focus on in terms of looking back at the July market? You got to look at average price. So the average price climbed 4.8%. Now that's including the shift in the market. So as we're seeing prices, uh, you know, supposedly dropping, it's because there's been a shift in what people are buying. So more of them are buying high density houses. If uh, so, if you say high density houses, that means that means condos, uh, townhouses, semi-detached houses, all right. uh, you know, stacked townhouses. So these all qualify as high density houses, and and that's what the bulk of the construction has been in York Region over the last. 10 years or so. So it's it's not a surprise that this market is taking off. But at the same time, if you look at the detached market, the people that would normally buy a detached home, and maybe they don't qualify now because of the bank's stress test and, and the different ratios they have to qualify for, they're going for the high density uh, houses. And, and that's showing it's it's a perception that price is falling but it's actually just a shift in what people are buying and when you look at that and you see prices still going up 4.8 percent that's actually a huge jump so that means that high density housing the condos the townhomes the price of those um those are going up right that's right yeah Okay, so what's happening in terms of um, detached homes or, or semi-detached homes? So detached homes, I mean, the perception is they're a little bit lower than they were last year. And that's because if you remember last year, we didn't have any inventory for detached homes. And we were seeing, you know, places sell in multiple offers for 10% over, 20% over. Some were getting a couple of hundred thousand dollars over. So when you're looking at that, you're, you're what you're seeing is... Detached home sales, the, the numbers aren't that far off, but what people are paying, because we have a lot more inventory, they don't have to pay the 50000 over or the 100000 over, there's a lot more selection for them. And 
Now you're seeing multiple offers generate maybe $1,000 over or $5,000 over, but you're not seeing those huge uh, increases in terms of multiple offers. And for our listeners who are interested in purchasing a condo or a townhome, are they looking at an increased price there? And if they are, what is that average price? So if we're looking at York Region specifically, Tina, the average price for the end of July uh, for t- uh, condos was 494438 Now, this is up slightly from the average last month of 492000 so it's it's not a huge increase, but you see that even this market, even the condo market, continues to rise. So, you know, w- would you have expected the average price of a condo in York Region to be half a million dollars? Not even last year or the year before would no. you have predicted that. No, of course not. So, so what does that money get you for, what does that half a million dollars get you for a condo in York Region? Is that a one plus one? Is it a larger condo? How does that compare to what's happening in downtown Toronto? So in York Region, that could be a two-bedroom. I mean, you could possibly get a two-bedroom, but most likely a larger one plus one. Larger one plus one, meaning it could be 750 to 800 square feet. In downtown Toronto, that might get you a one-bedroom. Uh, most likely it's going to get you a, a bachelor or, or you know just a smaller one-bedroom without parking. But in York Region, you're going to get a parking spot, you're going to get a locker, and it's going to be slightly larger than the ones you would get in downtown Toronto. So looking ahead to the remainder of August and into September and the fall, um, what do you see happening in terms of the market here in York Region? In York Region, we're going to be on pace with August of 2017. So if you look at the first uh, half of August, we are exactly at the halfway point of sales for last August. And and last August, we had uh, 964 sales in York Region. So we'll we'll end up around there. We do have a lot more inventory. So at the midpoint last August, we only had 3,770 homes on the market, which was a lot compared to, you know, uh, early on in 2017. Right now, we had over 5,000 homes on the market. So you do have more selection, and this is what's causing prices to to be you know relatively balanced because you're not getting those multiple offers or those bidding wars because people have a lot more to choose from. And that's a good thing for buyers and and sellers, isn't it? It is. It, it, a balanced market is always good because it you know a a good market you're going to have increases over the year of about seven to eight percent, and that that's a healthy market. Once you get those double-digit increases, you know they're not going to last. And that's what we had in the early part of 2017. And we knew that that could not continue. Right. Now, you've talked on this show about how, you know, usually people want to be in their homes and settled by the time school starts. It's, it's a sort of a tight timeline to make that happen for the beginning of this school year. But there still is enough time for people to be settled into their homes by mid-September, Right. There sure is. And what we're seeing this year what, that we haven't in the last few years is people wanting two-week closings. And, and even in our office, the last couple of weeks, we've seen people that want to close in 10 days or two weeks because wow. they still want to get in. And they, they've waited for these, this you know uh, hypothetical price drop that was coming, but it didn't happen. So now they're scrambling and you're seeing lawyers stressing out because they have to get things done in 10 days or two weeks. Wow, a two-week closing. That two week seems closing. really yeah. rushed, yeah. but it's doable. 
It is, but it's it's very tight. It's so very I wouldn't tight. recommend it. I don't think your lawyer would recommend it. We've actually seen problems when people have tried to push for that. Uh, just because title searches have to be done, things get missed. Uh, you gotta you have to allow for more time than just two weeks for a close. That's good advice. Okay, when we come back, we visit the real estate market in BC. And still ahead, this week's hot listing. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Tony Joe from Victoria, B.C. Tony's with Remax Chemosun, and he's been selling real estate in B.C. for over 25 years. Tony, thank you for joining us. Anytime, Asif. Tony, we uh, we spoke back last April, and, and we had a conversation about the changes that our government had put into place. And you know, we were relating it over to the B.C. market and how it took a while for the market to adjust, and, and now you guys are backfiring on all cylinders, and and with what's happened in Toronto over the last uh, couple of months, June and July, we're starting to see that as well. Maybe we can pick your brain a little bit about what's happened since uh, the market started to uh, gain some steam out there. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the big thing, of course, was the fact that the provincial government implemented the foreign buyer tax in the Vancouver uh, metro area in August 2016. And, of course, uh, almost immediately after the implementation, we saw a, a reduction in um, sales, not just in Vancouver, by the way, but um, it, it was also provincially. So, you know, the argument was, was the tax responsible for a slowdown of sales or was it just the market itself? And uh, in the Vancouver market uh, itself, the uh, sales prices saw a reduction. So things really started softening. Um, the average price for a detached home before the tax was uh, $1.577 million. Um, all of a sudden, when the tax was implemented, uh, there were monthly reductions all the way down to March at about $1,489,000. So a significant drop, about 7%. Um, but after, and we're talking March 2017 now, so going back in time, right? Right. But... But it rebounded. It was just like a um, an elastic band, because uh, after that February 2017, it swung back up again, and um, sales started increasing all the way to October 2017, where it was uh, 2% higher than that, that uh, August date. So there was a 9% spread between when the tax was implemented and when we hit the peak. Um, it has more or less stabilized uh, since then. And, of course, since then, more changes have occurred in British Columbia. There's a speculation tax. There's a uh, added school tax. The foreign buyer tax increased from 15 to 20%. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. That's amazing. So so it went from August 2017, uh, sorry, 16 to 16. October 2017, which is very similar to what happened here because it was the end of April when our government stepped in and, and introduced all those changes, and it was June when we... Uh, went up 2% over last year's numbers. So about a year and a month, and, and seems to be very consistent with what you saw there. 
Yeah, and it's funny because I think the last time we talked on your show here, we were talking about the fact that uh, all you need to do is have a look at the patterns of what happened in British Columbia or the Vancouver market. Um, you know, when when the, when the Ontario tax came in, because the pattern seems very similar. And what's happening right now? I mean, things are still busy. The 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 tax itself did not cause affordability to happen. I mean, the intention, of course, was to try to try to cut off. Uh, the demand of real estate, and, and it, ha- it actually hasn't really happened. I mean, there are still uh, a lot of transactions happening in British Columbia, still a very strong marketplace. Um, we haven't seen significant drops in, in prices, even though there's a specter of all these added taxes here in BC now, which uh, hopefully you guys won't get. And, and it's true. I mean, I think these taxes affect the psyche more than they do the wallet, because you know, people still want to purchase a house. It, it, that That's the Canadian dream. And what you do is all you're doing is just adding a layer that people have to kind of wade through in order to get to that house. And and it takes a while for them to determine where they stand and, and you know, figure out how they're going to get to that property rather than just say, okay, fine, I'm not buying a house anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, many people had the dream that when the tax when the tax came in, overnight it would make it very affordable you know the question is always what's affordable i mean does somebody hope that in a marketplace like vancouver where the uh, average sale price right now is one million for a detached home one million five hundred uh eighty eight thousand dollars would that all of a sudden turn into three hundred thousand dollars right and and the answer is no but the headlines that we are hearing here on the east side of the country is that, you know, the, the sales in BC are the lowest they've been in over a decade. Is that what you're seeing in, in your offices and on the streets of Victoria and Vancouver? Uh, it is. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger number in Vancouver than it is in Victoria. It's funny, you know, because in the Victoria market, uh, for instance, the sales are down uh, about 26%. Uh, in the month of July compared to the July before. But when we look at the 10-year average, um, our numbers are still quite strong. I think I think it was the fifth or sixth strongest um, July in, in our 25-year uh, recording history. So to say that things have, have dropped and the market is, uh, is dying isn't really true because, sure, it's down from a peak of 2017 and 2016, but in the grand scheme of things, things are still moving along. It's very similar to you know what we were saying over the last uh, couple of years is you can't compare real estate month to to just one month. I mean, you have to look at the bigger picture because mm. you know it, it's about time on the market, and that's what's going to get your appreciation. And you can't just compare it to one bad month or one bad year. You have to look at the the whole picture, and and when you do, uh, similar to the Toronto market in two thousand and uh, 17, when you're looking at the first five months and how strong they were, and then you look at the last seven months and how weak they were, if you compare year to year, you're still around the, the ninety to $100,000 sales mark. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the biggest thing is, does it really matter? Because it, it will hurt if you're a buyer and you have to move a couple months later when maybe the market has remained stagnant or stable and you're not seeing any sort of appreciation, right? But if your intent is to stay in your home for seven years, 10 years, 12 years, which a lot of people do, it's it's just a moment in time, right? 
And even if you're buying and selling, you're buying and selling in the same market. So In the, in the same market, yeah. yeah. Plus, so. plus, I mean, one thing that people uh, have tended to forget about is, you know, we've come off so many years of double-digit appreciation year over year um, that we've forgotten about the fact that people also chip down the principal of the mortgage every month, right? Right. So, so you know, paying off that mortgage debt over time is also another way to get ahead with um, with equity, right? That's a great point. What do you what do you project for the latter part of 2018 in the BC market? Well, it's an interesting time for us because in October the provincial government will confirm this speculation tax. The speculation tax here has been quite harsh because, uh, as you guys probably know, it's it's it has not been it's not been good for the rest of Canada. So uh, other Canadians with um, you know occasional homes in the five, uh, basically in British Columbia, you know, the uh, five key areas of British Columbia, um, they're being taxed a speculation tax, which means um, to have the privilege of owning a million dollar home in a couple of years' time will be an additional tax of $20,000 per year, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, and, and this applies not just to foreign buyers, but anyone who does not pay taxes in the province of BC. So that's anyone that has an investment property over a million dollars has to pay 20000 a year? Yeah, it, it'll be because it, it, it's it's um, it's stepped in over two years, but it will ultimately end up being two percent of the assessed value per year. And and that's if it's rented out, or, or how does that? No, no, that's vacant? that's if, for instance, an occasional use property. So we here in Victoria specifically, we have a lot of um, snowbirds. Right. You know, we have our uh, Albertans and uh, even Ontarians that that uh, have, for instance, condos over here that they maybe come over and use. Uh, you know, three, four, five months out of the year, they leave it vacant the rest of the time because it's for their family use, right? And and this tax is affecting those people. My goodness, I hope that that doesn't come in in Ontario because it has not been a great tax. So, Tony, tell and us you know, once again, no that's that's the that's called the speculation tax, and it goes into effect. Yes, it goes into effect in BC in the fall. Uh, yes, yeah, so it needs to be ratified, and in, in, uh, it will be ratified. Or, or confirmed in October when the legislature gets uh, um, gets back in. Wow, interesting, and, and you're right. We hope it doesn't come to uh, to Ontario. Yeah. Tony, as always, thank you so much for your time and, and the information. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and have you on the show. Anytime. Yeah, Tony, thank you again, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with you again this fall. Okay. All right. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. All set, Asif? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. The first question is from Kathy in Richmond Hill. She wants to know if she should sell her current home before buying a new one. And then she also has a couple of additional questions. She wants to know if she should lower her list price or offer an incentive to sell her home faster. Over to you. So the first part of that question, Kathy, th- first of all, thanks for sending them in. Uh, should you sell your current home before buying a new one? 
in this market, when you have a lot of inventory, you have selection and, and there's a better chance of you finding your dream home. Uh, so I would recommend selling it because there's so much inventory. You want to make sure that uh, you do sell your home prior to having to move into the other one. I mean, if you wanted to bridge or something like that, you could look at different options. But in a market where inventory is uh, at the level that it's at right now, you're safe to do to sell your home first, know how much money you're taking out, and then you know how much you can put in. If inventory was really tight like it was in the early part of 2017, you wouldn't want to do that. You would want to make sure that you bought something first because you knew your home would sell quick. Okay. As for the second part, now, if your house is listed, I would consult with your realtor uh, on on what their strategies are. Everyone has different strategies. Uh, if your house isn't listed, you know, how should you price it? Well, uh, you should obviously price it at today's market value. So, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to price for 2017 levels, which it's not going to help you. It's just going to let your house sit on the market forever and help other houses sell. And as far as incentives, there's a lot of incentives that you can offer, you know, bonus commissions to the selling agent. There's a lot of different ways that you can structure it. I would talk to your realtor if you're listed. If not, give us a call and uh, we can come in and, and and share some strategies with you. Okay. Our next question comes from Peggy in Nobleton. Is there a best time of year to buy a home in terms of price and how much is usually needed for closing costs? Good question again. And so there's not really a best time of year. I mean, spring is when most people buy because there's a lot of inventory out there. What you want to do is you want to time it so that there is a lot of inventory out there because that's what's going to determine how much you pay. If there's not a lot of inventory and there's 10 people looking at two houses, you know that the the house price is not going to, uh, I mean, you're going to pay more because there's more demand. So you want to time it more with supply and demand than time of year. And in terms of closing costs, what should Peggy expect? Generally, they say about 2%. You're going to have your land transfer tax when you purchase, legal fees, and uh, that's about it when you're purchasing. Yeah, I think sometimes as consumers, we forget about those additional costs, and we should always keep them in mind, don't you think? Especially land transfer tax, and if you're buying uh, a brand new condo, there's there's development charges that you have to consider. So I would, uh, again, consult with your lawyer. They'll be able to give you an, an exact amount. There's websites you can go to and plug in your purchase price, and it'll tell you what you need, and roughly it's going to be within uh, a few hundred dollars. Okay. Time now for our hot listing of the week and joining us in studios Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. This week's hot listing is a huge freehold end unit townhouse in the Cornell Village. This place has 10-foot ceilings, grand floating staircase, and a bright white kitchen. Upstairs, the master bedroom has double closets, a four-piece ensuite, and its own private balcony. The basement's finished. It's got a double garage, and the entire outside has been landscaped. You get all that for $735,000. Asif, what do you think about this property? It's a great property. It's in, again, it's in, in the heart of Markham. Cornell is one of Markham's best communities in terms of uh, the mix, the schooling, the parks, and, and also accessibility to the city. You, yeah, we featured um, properties on Cornell quite a bit on this show. We have, and, and it's a very hot area. It's in high demand. The schools are just incredible. I mean, there's there's so many people moving to Cornell just for the schools. Okay, and Heather, you mentioned a couple of great things. The balcony, the finished basement, all sounds fantastic. Uh, give us the highlights one more time of this property and where our listeners can get more information. Okay, so this unit actually has four bedrooms, three bathrooms. It's located in Cornell, listed for $735,000. 
And for more information, they can contact Susan Taylor at 905-554-5522. Terrific. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.